Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA podcast. As always, it's your boy Dale Lippin in here with the Flying Hawaiian himself, trading on Bus Kirk. What's going on, man? Were you were you stressed out during UFC 251? I was extremely stressed out. Yeah, why, why were you stressed out? Um, I was stressed out for a, a myriad of reasons. Um, the Muslim Salikov fight was very big. Um, I was stressed out about that. Um, Anytime there's three title fights, man, I don't feel like I sit down very much. I just kind of stay standing for about four hours watching fights. It was a uh, it was a hectic night. There's a lot of money on the line, but we came out uh, winning weekend three and one, not bad at all. And then uh, sizable plays, uh, you know, both on the show and ones shared via DM for people that reached out to us. We made a lot of people a lot of money, including ourselves on Saturday night. So I was nervous about that. I don't take what we do lightly. Uh, it's important to me that we win. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh, more so, I guess, talking about the lifestyle of watching it. You know, you, you're not in the octagon, but you are sitting on your couch, and there's a lot of variables that happen under your household. And I feel like you of all people with three kids can appreciate this. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you down a little story real quick. Please do. I built up so much credit with the wife before UFC 251 because I was like, you know what? The moment this card starts, I want pure silence. I don't want to have to deal with the kids. I don't want to deal with the dog. I don't have to cook the dinner. I just want to watch. I just want sure. to watch. Sure. Lo and behold, right when the main card starts, our three-week-old three baby goes psycho. Nice. My wife's scrambling, trying to hold our other, you know, two-and-a-half-year-old. The dog's going off. The, you know, the phones are going off the hook. And then she comes up to me and says, Trey, do you not hear any of this? I'm like, Jess, right now, all I hear is bullshit judging on the Holloway fight fight. That's all I hear. That's all I hear, man. Right. That didn't go over well. It didn't bode well, but still a great night. Just stressful for your boy. Yeah. Uh, listen, I want to talk about that Holloway fight. Um, I scored for Holloway. A lot of people, uh, you know, have since watched the fight multiple times and have routinely come back scoring it for Volkanovsky. I just, I, mean, I guess maybe I don't understand what they're seeing. Maybe I don't understand what I'm seeing. I'm not sure. I know round three is the pivot point where most people thought the, the fight really changed tone. 
Uh, I know it was that way the first time they fought, but it was going the opposite direction. I just, I'm, I'm confused about the weight of takedowns, and I'm confused about whether or not there's any credence given to takedowns stopped. Like, what should be more, what should be weighted heavier, right? Landing three out of nine takedowns or stopping six out of nine takedowns? I just well, don't know. And definitive takedowns. Holloway sure. was able to get right back up, so... Except concept? for the last two, the last two, he stayed in a compromised position. But the very first one, he went down and came immediately back up. Um, we saw it earlier in the night with the Muslim Salikov, easy Dos Santos fight. Uh, Salikov caught a kick and dumped Dos Santos on his back. That was actually scored as a takedown, but it wasn't. All he did was essentially, like we see, tie. It was just a tie dump. He just literally tripped him and dumped him, and then he got right back up. But that counts as a takedown, and it should not. No, no, it shouldn't. No, it was uh, it was a tough fight, and I think also the output of uh, significant strikes. I think uh, Volkanovski showcased that he actually had more strikes by the end of the fight. But how do you weigh significant strikes actually over uh, strikes that actually add weight to it? I mean, yeah. I, Holloway's were more significant if you look at the actual damage done, but the output was in favor of Volkanovski, which made it tough. Yeah, it definitely made it a lot tougher. And you know, I also think there has to be some sort of weight to knockdowns given. Um, is a knockdown automatically qualify for a 10-8 round? In, mm -hmm. in, a, in a round where it's relatively even and you're going to assign a 10-9 score, if somebody gets knocked down in that round, um, does that get weighted? Should that get weighted as something heavier because it was a very significant moment within the round? Uh, if you're looking at that, you're looking at two 10-8 rounds for Hallway going into the third, and then it doesn't matter. We're coming out with a draw. So I really don't know. I'm not a judge. I'd like to be. Um, again, this is one of those things where people point to the global scorecard initiative and idea. Um, I still don't see how that's effective when you have two guys like this where it's a popularity contest. I really think that open scoring or scoring by committee, maybe, uh, and I mean that without, with, with more than three judges, perhaps five, um, then we see something different. I think we see something different then. But uh, imagine round four, are going into round five and Holloway being able to see that the judges have Volkanovski winning. What does round five look like then? Yeah, exactly. So obviously our co-main and our main all went the distance. Um, you know, what was interesting is everyone, like always, depending on if you win or you don't win, everyone wants to know what's next. And I think a lot of people after the main event wanted to know what's next for Jorge. Were they going to run back the Usman fight? Were they not going to? You know, per The Athletic, and actually Trevor, part of the Punchless fam, actually sent us this from MMA History, and it said that UFC 251 generated 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. They spoke to Jorge Masvidal and congratulated him on uh, his box office event. They asked him to go celebrate with some mescal. He said, no, 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 no mescal, going to the gym, that belt is mine. Do you think they run this thing back? Uh, maybe not right away. I mean, I don't think he's earned an immediate rematch. Um the problem when you face a guy like Usman is he's so dominant that it's, well, it's the same thing that we've talked about with the Khabib-Connor fight. That's outside of personality. You can't sell the Connor-Khabib fight as being competitive, right? There's a difference in like a Weilei Zhang, um, Yoani and Jacek's fight, right? Where you're like, wow, split decision or, or, or it was so close. Of course I want to see that run back because it was competitive. Um, nobody wanted to see Usman versus Woodley too. Right. I mean, 50, 45s across the board. There's no call for that. 
uh, not unless something big happens, right? There was no action. It was too dominant. It was too one-sided. Khabib, outside of a, a flash, and people, he won round three. Outside of maybe being outstruck in round three by Connor, that fight was not competitive. And Khabib fights never are. That's why he doesn't rematch anybody. And then Usman and Masvidal, same thing. I did not feel like that fight was going to be very competitive. Um, you know, obviously we, we sort of avoided that X factor of Masvidal just in case something wild and crazy happened. But Usman did not do anything different than what he needed to do to win a fight. And he dominated the scorecard from bell to bell. I don't see the need to run it back. Not now. Well, and I think this is the, kind of the age-old question. With Usman's style, is it ever going to be truly competitive? And I say that because the same thing with Khabib. Those type of styles, that wet blanket wrestling, clinched up against the cage, no room for moving, no back and forth. It's, sure. it's not a fan favorite type fight, but it's also one that doesn't allow someone to kind of come back into the fight. So it's never going to truly look competitive, nor is it going to really ever look enticing. I think that you have to throw someone in there that can literally break away. And I don't know if a six day notice is something that, you know, Jorge wasn't able to break away, but those fights to me are just, they're just, they're just not that great. <laughs> no, I think you give, I think you give Usman Burns. I think you, I think you let Burns have it. I know people will be mad that Leon Edwards gets tied up, but I think you make Edwards versus Masvidal. I think you give Burns to Usman and I think you let Tyron and Colby get the work. Yeah. Um, I, th I think I honestly just think that's the play in the welterweight division. We don't need to pretend that it's any deeper than six or seven. So there's no point in acting like there's other fights to be made and people to sneak up into that. Those those six guys are essentially going to be in a gridlock round robin for the next three or four years until somebody else really emerges. Uh, even by all, all things considered, Burns is a new emergent right there, rattling off three wins in you know about a six month time period. Outside of that, he's not being considered for this either. So. You just let those guys run it out. You already have the, the history between Masvidal and Edwards. They don't. Edwards is not pushable. People are. He's not marketable. You 1.3 million pay-per-view buys proves that Masvidal is. You get him versus Edwards. You do it at a place like England. You let it sell a bunch of money because of the heat behind it. It when Masvidal wins, if he wins, his star grows more. And if Edwards wins. He maybe solidifies himself to a U.S. market that's not interested in him because he beat Masvidal. And then you give him the winner of Burns um, and Usman. But Colby, I love the Colby-Usman fight, but I don't, I'm not in any big rush to see that run back. And then you've got uh, Woodley, obviously. Woodley's nowhere near a title shot. So Yeah. Yeah. So who is headed towards a title shot, or at least when we talked to Josh Emmett in the last episode— um, Calvin Cater and Danny Ige, we have a huge, you know, main card literally within a three day time span running on this Wednesday on fight Island. Yeah. This, this card's really tough. This is one that you and I kind of struggled with, not from like, we, we knew what we were going to do, but getting creative, finding value in the card. Yeah. I think, holy shit, for whoever is listening to this episode, we're launching it on Tuesday. You have 24 hours. And we're giving you more picks than I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know what to do with all my money. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. Um, I'm not really sure what to do with it. So we, we, we've got we've got a little bit prepared. We've got a little bit that we're gonna we're gonna go over. Um, but you know, let's let's pay some bills first. Uh, Saturday night, as you know, uh, we went ahead and posted that recipe from Lewis for salmon tacos. 
hopefully people were able to take advantage of that. If you're not aware of what we are doing on nights where there's pay-per-views, we'll we will be providing recipes from, uh, you know, essentially one of the top chefs in the United States is gracing us with recipes catered to fights and fighters taking place for the pay-per-views. Um, we did salmon tacos this last time. Uh, it, they were absolutely top-notch. And all of this is available, guys. If you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code FIST. It'll save you 10% on your entire order. And every one of the recipes that we're going to feature, the meat component will be taken care of by what you will receive in your Stay Classy Meats box when you use promo code FIST and get 10% off the entire thing. So uh, best kept secret on earth as far as I'm concerned. It really is. And actually, you got me kind of Jones and not just for meat. And, you know, obviously that's the most American thing on the planet. But you kept saying Colby Covington, which is also the most American thing on the planet. And I noticed today you are wearing the most American hat I've ever seen. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's definitely the most American hat I own um, outside. Actually, yeah, I think it is. I, mean, I don't have any of my my hats I had from when I was in anymore. So that's probably the most American hat I own. Um and it, I mean, as you can see, man, it's an allegiance hat, a little trucker fit, nice, the original snapback, the classic. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Plus, it's black. I mean, hard to go wrong there. No, no, no. They, guys, if you're not familiar with Allegiance Clothing, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site wide. Awesome shirts, awesome hats, awesome gear, all premium, premium quality. You know, when you go to like a Target or something like that, and you pick out a shirt and you got that box style, you wash it once, and it's literally like, there's no taper to it whatsoever. You just look like a milk carton. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not what Allegiance does. Allegiance, like, <laughs> they like they take out the little tape measure. They measure your hips, your bust, you know, a little bit of the, the beer belly. And they say, how can I just make this look so sexy and draped on your body? Right. And they just do it. They do it well. And that's right. probably because they have been the leader in clothing for, oh, what is it, 10 years? Allegianceclothing.com. Type in the code punch. You're going to get 15% off site wide, guys. Absolutely fantastic. All right, man. Well, let's let's get into this card. Uh, we're going to start on the curtain jerker, man. A uh, little late value coming in. Last minute, uh, Keith Berg stepping in. Or Kenneth Berg. I'm sorry. Kenneth Berg stepping in to take on Jorge Gonzalez. Gonzalez obviously has more experience than Berg. 16 wins overall to Berg's eight. But Berg... Eight and I believe he's eight and one. I mean, he's officially listed as eight and zero, but if I'm not mistaken, he lost on Dana White's Contender Series. So coming in, I'm going to put him. I'm going to list him as eight and one, even though he's coming. In, he's showing online as eight and zero. Uh, we'll go ahead and tack that one loss on there. Give it benefit of the doubt. All the same, late replacement taking on Jorge Gonzalez minus one sixty favorite Trey, and I like him there. He's a six two bruiser man. He's a he's a beast. He's a tank of a dude. Um, and as far as your visual component goes, I believe he looks like an MMA fighter whenever somebody who doesn't watch MMA thinks of an MMA fighter. Minus 160 for Kenneth Berg. So you were telling me Kenneth Berg is a guy that's just, you know, he's put in the work, he's put in the effort, he's been on the circuit for some time, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, this guy, I mean, literally, you want to look at bare-knuckle boxing or whatever, this guy is a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is one that you do not want to spill a beer on at a bar. I'll just no, put it that way. No, no. He's he's six two. It looks like he's carved carved out of tattooed marble. Yeah. So no, this guy is scary. He's strong as shit. 
this guy should be able to get it done. And for he's put in the effort. He knows what's going on. He's got de- definitely a great fight IQ. It's one thing when a guy has a lot of power, but when he actually has finesse and a fight IQ, that's a scary right. thing. This is his moment. Yes, he is the curtain jerker, but what a way to start it off. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right there. And, you know, uh, minus 160, I think it's good late late value on him. And it just, it's just going to pad the bankroll for as we move forward with that. Um, you know, there is a women's fight on in the early prelims, not something that we want to bet on. Uh, but Diana Belbita taking on Liana Zhuzhao, as I think is how you say her last name. And um, yeah, this was dubbed when it initially came out as like the, you know, the eye candy fight to get the Saudi princes interested in what was going on that weekend. Uh, so definitely something to take 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 note of. But the next fight we want to talk about is, again, it's a prelim fight. Jared Gordon taking on Chris Fishgold. And a little bit of development here, Trey. We're going to see something slightly unprecedented when it comes to this fight. Jared Gordon's entire team tested positive for COVID-19. So Paul Felder, who will be running commentary on Wednesday night, is actually going to step away from the commentary table, corner Jared Gordon, and then come back to do commentary after the fact. So badass. That's so awesome. Yeah, definitely cool. Definitely cool. Uh, Jared Gordon sitting at minus 150. Chris Fishgold is sitting at plus 120. You know, as you know, Chris Fishgold was a long time, I believe, Cage Warriors champion, or at least Cage Warriors competitor. Um, here's a play that I like for this, man. I like this fight inside the distance. Um, just fight does not go the distance, sitting at minus 160. Both of these guys have a propensity to finish fights. Chris Fishgold, not known for his cardio, but is known for his power. Um, yeah, definitely something to take into a, take into account, man. Definitely something that we want to be keep an eye on. I like inside the distance for this fight, minus 160. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, like you said, Chris Fishkel doesn't have really the cardio, but Jared Gordon, he struggles, struggles to make featherweight. I mean, the guy's definitely a lightweight fighter, so I'll be pleasantly surprised if he actually makes the weight. He's also fought legit competition. You forget, this guy's fought Charles Oliveira, Diego Ferreira. This guy's... He's, he's pretty legit. Um, you know, when you add in the travel, you add in this weight cut, I mean, it's going to be tough. So inside the distance, both these guys are going to be struggling to breathe a little bit. Both power punchers. This is a definitely a great inside the inside the distance play. I think it's good. I think it's a good opportunity to try to make some money, man. I definitely think it is. Uh, both, Like I said, both these guys have a propensity to finish fights. So we'll give it a whirl. All right, man, let's move on to this main card. Uh, first card of the main First fight of the main card, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan taking on Munir Lazez. Uh, I'm not touching this fight, man. I'm not touching it. Um, the reason why I don't want to touch it is we haven't seen Razak uh, Al-Hassan in a while. He's had a lot of legal trouble going on, uh, which apparently has now been cleared up. But he's taking on relative newcomer uh, in Munir Lazez. I think I can't. I'm, these these are <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I mean, the guy's from Tunisia, you know, runs around with the nickname The Sniper, this fight has finish written all over it. Um, Al Hassan is not known for having good cardio. Obviously, with a guy with a nickname like the Sniper, you already know what, what he's trying to put your lights out. Even inside the distance plays, under over under on rounds, everything's out of whack here. Everything's in the minus 300 range, no matter where you're looking for this fight to end. Uh, I'm just not going to touch it, man. Yeah, I mean, Al Hassan, who's literally had a 22-month layoff, you don't know what he's coming in. You know, granted, the last time... Was, is it the last time we saw him? We saw him knock out Nico Price, so we know his knockout power's there. But again, 22-month layoff, don't really want to touch out. And the sniper, 
I mean, per his record, he's eight of nine uh, TKOs, the last two actually coming in the first round. So this guy has knockout power. This thing should get done, get done quickly. Yeah. I, again, I'm just, there's no, there's no play here outside of picking this fight to go the distance that makes a lot of sense for me here. And even then, that's such a, that's such a pull. I really just, you know, I have no idea. I'm just not going to touch it. But the fight I do want to talk about Molly McCann, 10 and 2, taking on Talia Santos at 15 and 1. Uh, this fight's probably going to be closer to a pick 'em come fight night. I think Molly McCann sitting at a minus 120, Talia Santos at a minus 110 right now. It's going to get close to even money come fight night. Obviously, Talia Santos 15 and 1, uh, so one less loss than Molly McCann. My opinion, though, um, you know, Talia Santos lost to Mara Barello, uh, mm. or Barella rather, and Barella has not looked good lately. Meanwhile, Molly McCann has looked fantastic lately. Boxing looks super crisp. Cardio's right there, and you know Molly McCann. She's always down for a good bloody scrap. Um, I like Molly McCann in this fight, sitting minus 120. Man, I think that's a great play, dude. Yeah, I do too. I, first off, I love her her nickname, uh, Meatball. Yeah, it's hard to get. Yeah, Meatball's, Meatball's where it's at for sure. It's like Carlos Sparza. Like I love the Cookie Monster. I mean, you, I feel like it would be like Dale Twinkie Lippin, you know, something like that. Oh, man, Twinkie's tough. That's a, that's almost got more of like a homosexual connotation to it. <laughs> okay, so we we'll, we'll have to walk that one back a bit. <laughs> walk that one back. Well, yeah, what I do like about Meatball is she gets in the pocket and she throws. The the only hesitation I have is she struggles with people that have a larger reach than her. She's you know, and Santos is coming in with a four-inch reach advantage. So we just have to make sure that Molly can get in the pocket and actually utilize her clinch, utilize that front elbow step in. She can really kind of make it ugly, make it a little bit dirty. Don't play from distance because she'll get outstruck all day, and we've seen her lose in those type of fights. But I, I do like Molly in this fight for sure. Yeah, I like Molly here. Uh, Molly McCann, like I said, sitting minus 20. It's a great play. Um, you know, almost seems destined for decision here, but I, I'm – I, I don't want to play that. I just like Molly outright. Money line minus 120. All right, keep it moving on to another one that we actually do like a decision play. And Jimmy Rivera taking on Cody Stamen. Uh, Cody Stamen looked great last time out. Sitting at an underdog money line right now, plus 110 versus Jimmy Rivera, minus 140, Trey. Uh, I like Stamen here, and I like him by decision to get things done. Plus 165, Cody Stamen by decision. I know, I know. And being transparent with listeners, Dale has been all over the Cody train all day today, and I have been not trying to sway him to the uh, Jimmy Rivera's side, but I will say I have a couple of hesitations. The thing I love about Cody in this fight is his wrestling. You know, this is where he's going to make his mark. You know, the stand-up for Jimmy's really great. He's a great kickboxer. He can keep you from distance, puts together some great combos. Cody's got to utilize his wrestling, make it a little bit more of a dog fight. I think he can come out with a decision victory. Um, but yeah, Cody's, Cody's look great. You know, obviously his unanimous decision over Brian Kelleher. Um, it's going to be a little bit tough for El Terror. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's lost three out of his last four and Jimmy Rivera, and you got a guy like Cody Stamen, who's just, you know, while he does not fight that often, he is looking better and better every time he comes out. And even then the fight that he, against Kelleher, I believe was at 145. Didn't both of those guys decide they were going to do 145 for that fight because it was Correct. so short notice of a turnaround for both of them. So we're going to see a Cody statement that's able to cut a little bit more weight, get a little bit more cardio in. The output's going to match. And honestly, Jimmy Rivera, I think at one point in time, was at a 20-fight win streak or something like that. And now he's sitting at a record of 22-4. and four. So I just, honestly, man, I think that these guys are trending in two opposite directions. Cody Stamen at 19-2, and two, Jimmy Rivera at 22-4. And, 
you know, I just think that they're going in. I just think they're they're trending in separate separate directions, man. I'm just going to go Cody Saban here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You made me think about it earlier. Jimmy Rivera reminds me a lot of like Rafael Sunsau. He's kind of just that guy that could have been a title contender, but kind of just hangs between eight and four and just kind of full. Like, you know, you don't want to call him a gatekeeper, but he's right there. You know, Jimmy Rivera's got this train. He's got this gasoline behind him. Sure. This is the moment that we start to see him propel himself into what, not title contention, but get him up in the rankings and make a true statement. Yeah, guys like Jimmy Rivera, guys like Rafael Sunsell, like you're talking about, they all, they're all they capable of going on like four and five fight streaks. And it's always like, all right, one more fight should be the title eliminator, right? Like with Jimmy Rivera, it was Marlon Marais, that New York card. You know, you have him fight Marlon Marais, and if he beats Marlon Marais, you know he's going to get a title shot. But instead, Marlon Rice goes out there and essentially cracks off a baseball bat and on his forehead right <laughs> yeah. in front of his friends and family. That was terrifying yeah. uh, and, and just, you know, completely sent him into the ether. You know, and since then, he's lost two out of his last three. So it's just not a good look for him. Uh, Cody Stamen, like I said, I believe is trending in the right direction. Jimmy Rivera, obviously, uh, you know, perhaps needs to let's go back to the drawing board. And maybe we'll see a new and improved Terror this time. I don't know, though. I like Cody Stamen. I like him by decision. At minus, uh, no, plus. Plus 165. I'm sorry, you're right. Cody Stamen by decision, plus 165. And then Cody Stamen outright, money line is at plus 110. But anyway, depending on how you're feeling, if you're feeling froggy. All right. Ryan Benoit taking on Tim Elliott in the co-main event spot here. Not really sure how this is the co-main event and the Jimmy Rivera-Cody Stamen fight is not uh, the co-main event. But anyway, Ryan Benoit, who looks maybe like he's going to try to get a little push here. Tim Elliott, maybe because of the name value with the... Uh, you know, just the fact that he's a veteran, he's been around a long time. I don't know. Anyway, the slotted for the the co-main event here: Ryan Benoit, Tim Elliott, ten and six, fifteen and eleven. Benoit, you know, obviously, uh, I, uh, this fight's going to be closer to even money as well. Tim Elliott, slight favorite, minus one twenty-five. Ryan Benoit, minus one hundred five. How do you feel? Uh, well, first off. Uh- I like how you say Benoit, man. It sounds like Grey Poupon. Like you, I've, you, you're you're really pushing the the accent there. I think it is Benoit. I don't think it's Benoit or Benoit. That's how a goddamn American would say it. That's well, you're absolutely <laughs> right. That is how an American would say it. And I'm trying to be better than like I'm not trying to say maybe be better than an American, but I'm trying to be the best American I can be. And in this instance, saying the man's name right is a very small concession to make. Well, both of these fighters need to be the best form of a fighter they've ever been. They're both somewhat to a degree fighting for their job. Tim Elliott entering this fight, he's lost five of his last seven. Benoit's coming in off a loss, and he just has two wins in his last five fights. I will say I like Benoit in this fight. He's got great stand-up, but it's always hard to go against what's the the old dog. I mean, this is Tim Elliott. This is a guy that's literally fought the who's who. He's fought – DJ, he fought, he fought Davison Figueroa, Brandon Roy Val. He's fought the who's who, but we've continuously saw his decline. And I think you see something in Ryan that a lot of people maybe are starting to see as well. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy that knocked out Sergio Pettis. Like, he yeah. knocked out Sergio Pettis. That's no small that, that that's no small feat. Um, two fights ago, he knocked out um, what's his face, Mokhtarian. Um the two Mokhtarian brothers, whatever the other what. Ashcon or whatever that is, yeah. uh, he knocked him out. You're talking about a guy, um, you know, a, a, a small package. That, we're talking about a guy that had, that carries knockout power. 
Uh, I'm not going to bet against that. A guy like Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott, while hard to finish, unless you're going to tap him out, does get dropped because he is there to be hit. You know, uh, if you're looking at his last three losses, two of which did come by submission, I don't necessarily think that Benoit is going to bring that kind of pressure to him, a submission style. But I do believe that he's going to be there to be hit. We saw him lose a striking battle against Askar Askarov, yeah. who's not known for his striking. He's not known for it. I mean, he's he's a competent striker. People enjoy that, but it's not like people, not people are going, Askar Askarov's just, you know, insane. That's just not it, man. That's not it. And he got, you know, it. he got outclassed by a guy that he shouldn't have gotten outclassed by. Um, and I just don't see it happening, man. Like you said, one one out of his last or two out of his last five or something like that. I just don't see where Tim Elliott gets it done here. I think um, I think that Ryan Benoit sleeps him or wins 29-28s on all cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you guys all know, Tim Elliott's a t- like a die-on-your-shield type guy. He likes to get in the face, be awkward, um, yeah. and literally get hit, you know, People start to get a little chinny after their chin's been hit numerous times. I think this is the guy that actually gets it done. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I like I like Ryan Benoit here, and you can get him at a great price too. So I'll, I like that. But let's move on to this co-main event: um, Calvin Cater taking on Dan Ige. Calvin Cater minus three twenty-five on the money line. Dan Ige plus two fifty. We have been on the Ige train yeah. from like the very beginning, like the train coming from Hawaii to to Vegas. To now Abu Dhabi, we were on the Ige train, but I'm gonna be honest with you, Trey. I think it's about time for me to hop off that Ige train. You're getting off the Pineapple Express. I am gonna get off the Pineapple Express. I even like them over Edson Barboza, so thank you for that check. Um, <laughs> I like Dan Ige. I really think he's great. I just don't know if he can get it done against Calvin Cater, and if he does, I think I got a way that he's gonna get it done, but I'm not sure. I want to hear what you have to say first. Do. You- You've seen the movie Zoolander, right? I have seen the movie Zoolander. You are correct. Okay, remember that scene when Derek Zoolander goes back to see his dad, and he goes into the mines. They go, and they, you know, he's he's doing the mine work. He leaves the mine work with like gritty guys, and goes to a total hole in the wall bar and has a glass of whiskey and starts coughing. Remember that? Vaguely, maybe I'm not okay. sure. Well, it was it's essentially a, showcasing I, I, yeah. a guy coming from New York. Okay. And then coming into the grittiness that is like real life. Dan Ige is the quintessential blue collar, tough nose, gnarly dude. He has he won every him. single fight by just grit and yeah. just, I mean, utilizing anything that's within his bandwidth. The guy sure. stays in the fight. He pressures you and he squeaks out these decisions. Calvin Cater, amazing boxer, but has he felt has he literally fought someone that's been so in your face and so pressure heavy in Dan Ige? I mean, this guy pressured Edson Barbosa like out of control. Right. This is a guy that can be in your face and make you make it a nightmare night for you. Sure. You know, he absolutely can. And I think the pressure that you're talking about is one thing, but I don't believe that there's anybody out there that pressures the way Shane Burgos pressures. And Calvin Cater was able to deal with the pressure of Shane Burgos. Uh, and did so in dramatic fashion and getting him out of there with a, with a knockout. I'm not necessarily sure that Dan Ige can bring that same type of overall pressure, but I do think that he can bring a sustained pressure. And I, he also has the fear, or he needs to elicit the fear of a submission. Um, that's that's my biggest concern when it comes to this fight, is Dan Ige getting a submission. Like, that's the one thing that like sort of throws me off 
in wanting to go all in on Cater is because we have not seen Cater on the ground at all. I have no idea what to expect there whatsoever. Is he confident on the ground? Like, can is, is he going to be proficient enough? Because Ige trains with, you know, with obviously some of the best people on the planet Earth on the ground. Um, so is this going to be a problem? That's really the only X factor that I can see. Outside of that, I just like Cater outright, man. I really do. I just don't. I don't know what to do here. I got a couple different ideas I want to get creative with, but you tell me. No, I, I think you said it perfect. When's the last time we ever saw Cater on his back? Mm-hmm. It's like seeing a unicorn. It's, you just don't see it. Dan sure. Ige is the presenting problem that can actually get it to the mat, and I think that could be an issue. Now, I know there is insane value on both sides of the fence, so do you want to play? I don't want to call it both sides of the fence, but where can we find the value? Well, I definitely think we, I mean, so here's the thing, right? So you got e, or you got Cater at minus 300 right now. So you're talking about a 30% return on your money if you bet Cater outright. So there's nothing wrong with just playing Cater money line, okay? Um, and you can make a decent play on that and still get decent, decent money back. Um, I also like the idea um, of maybe taking that Ige submission into account as well and factoring that with the crisp boxing of cater in doing so we can tighten that line up a little bit and get minus 190 if we go fight does not go the distance yeah right yeah. now the last little like you know betting devil on my shoulder says that perhaps Ige can grind Ige can use grit and he can push this to get ugly and we've seen some super questionable judges cards over the course of the last couple of weeks you can get Dan Ige by five-round decision or technical decision. That's just if the fight ends and they have to use the cards at some point. You can get that at plus 600. <laughs> so yeah. here's here's sort of where my head's at, right? Is if we go Dan Ige by five-round decision, if we go fight does not go the distance, if we go Calvin Cater money line, um, depending on how you want to stagger those things, you can kind of account – for all possible outcomes. So you can do a half a unit play on Dan Ige to win by five round decision. And you could go a unit on fight does not go the distance. And you can go a unit on Calvin Cater outright. If Calvin Cater wins outright, 30% return on your money. If you're talking about fight doesn't go the distance, doesn't matter who wins, as long as it does not go the distance, uh, you can get almost a 50% return on your money. Okay? And then if you go... Dan Ige by five round decision at plus 600, obviously you're getting six to one return on your money with that. So if you played all three of those and one of them hits, if you go half unit on Dan Ige, you'll come out just a little bit, just a little bit under. That's it. So it's all dependent on how you want to do it. If you can do a quarter unit play, half unit play, one unit play on what you're most confident on, if any of them hit, you'll come out with your money made up. Something to think about. No, it seems it seems super fair. Um, I will say, I just with the judging and knowing Dan Ige, how durable he is, how he can be in your face, and how he can squeak out these decisions. Sleep at your own peril. That the most marketable person in this fight, the A side, Calvin Cater, starts to erode in this fight. Yeah, I mean, maybe so. Like I said, and here's the only thing that you, the only way that you come out of this a complete loser. No, because you can't come out of it a complete loser. You can't. So even if even if Cater wins by decision 
and you went one unit on the others, you'll you'll come out. Uh, you, I guess you will lose. You'll be down 0.7 units if you if you go cater and he wins um, wins by decision. You'll be down 0.7. But if you get cater and inside the distance, boom, you, you've made your money back. So there's ways around this. It's just a matter of how you want to play it. Um, but you can essentially account for all outcomes, and depending on how you break it up, come out profitable regardless. So yeah. There you go. You just customized your own burger right there. That's it, man. That's it. All right, man. Let's talk about this real quick before we sign off. Jose Aldo. Do you think the Do you think the stoppage was late? I do. Um, I do think it was late. I actually saw a super funny meme. I don't know who put it up, so I apologize if I'm saying it and I'm giving not giving you credit. But it was a guy laying on his black on his back with his head completely blown off by a 12 gauge shotgun, and in nice. the background, the ref said. You good? You good? Keep going. <laughs> so, dude, it was rough. You know, it was rough because, you know, we we picked Aldo transparently. That was our only loss on the night. Yeah. Um, Aldo looked great at the beginning. I loved his leg kicks. He was chopping down at the tree. And then he kind of just abandoned that plan. Um, and then I think we saw uh, Jan move forward and the cardio from Aldo just started to deplete. Jan started to get stronger. And then that overtook it. And that was, you know, game, set, match. Um I don't know where Aldo goes from here. That was it. You could obviously see how emotional he was, covered in blood with his head down at the canvas at the end of the fight. But sure, that was that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, man. So it was a little bit late. Um, uh, let's see here. You want to give some? You want to give something away? Of course, dude. Okay. Just, we'll yeah. Do our do our manscape read, and then let's uh, let's give something away. Okay, guys. Um, you can only imagine uh, <laughs> coming out of this quarantine now, living in San Diego. It looks like we're going back down on quarantine. But, hey, you got to look good inside. You got to look on outside. And the best way you can do that is making sure that your coronal region is looking tip-top. If you guys are in here right now, I'll do a wave. What? Do Did a you wave? hear me? Did you hear me? Yeah. I, I muted the mic. That's weird. How did you hear me? If you're in here, do a wave. Do yeah, wave at, like my 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 dick because I'm doing a manscape ad no, right now. No, no, because we we've been streaming this whole thing on IG Live and we've got people on Instagram Live. I want to include them in the beer money giveaway that we're doing. So I can't see everybody listed, but there's a number. So if you're here, wave, and then when we do the giveaway, which we're about to do, as soon as you're done with this ad read, we'll go. But I thought I had the mic muted. I thought I had it muted. Why did you do it mid mid dick read, dude? Because I wasn't listening to your ad read, I was trying to handle this. I didn't. Well, here I am talking this. about junk and and something that's really important to me. I'm sorry. You're right. Go ahead. Continue with your manscaped ad read. You're doing great. You're talking about grundles. Go. <laughs> well, guys, if you want your, your grundle to look as good as my grundle, the only way you could do that is go to manscaped.com, type in the code punch, and you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. Guys, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Utilize the code punch. Go I'm ahead, sorry. Dale. I'm sorry, man. I, I literally pressed the 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 uh, the mute button on the mic, and it didn't. I don't know why. I had this whole thing about like right. my my grown region looking like the 18th fairway at the Masters, and it's just dude, it's, it's out the uh, window. Mas Masters isn't here yet. So shout out to Colin Morikawa plus uh, three. What was it? Thirty three hundred plus thirty three hundred and one on Sunday. Uh, but that's golf. You don't really care about that. But won me some money. Um, Put a $10 play on him, put some money in my pocket. So anyway, um, shout out to Colin Morikawa. I know he's a big listener of the show. You know, golfers love us. All right, <laughs> let's 
let's get after it. Trey, we've got two people uh, that are currently participating here, and then we've got 35 written reviews on iTunes. Our beer money winner, Corey MC, last week did not claim beer money, so it rolls over. So we are doing beer money for this weekend. Um, I know that we have another episode we have to record tomorrow night to put yeah. out Saturday's card. But let's get a uh, let's get Corey's beer money. We'll do Corey's beer money, and then we'll do the rollover money for the Saturday one too. I love it. Cool with that. All right, yep. give me a number. Give me a number one through thirty-seven. Ooh, I will do seventeen. Seventeen from the top or the bottom? From the top. Starting from the, the top. Yep. No, starting from the bottom. Now we hear. Okay, yeah, start so from, from the bottom. From the bottom. Yeah. That was fine count. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Oh, shit. Here we go. I think we've got a previous winner here. Oh, wow. Is it Money Man Dan? If it's Money Man uh, Money Dan, Man, Dan it's it. Mike DM. I, pretty, I don't know if oh. we've given money away to Mike DM before. We did. Um, did we give money to Mike DM? Pretty sure we did, yeah. Okay. All right, so all right, so we'll go up one more for right now. Um, did we do XX the bled? No. All right, XXX, XX the XX bled XX um, says these guys know what they're talking about and they're entertaining at the same time. Made plenty of money thanks to them. You will not be disappointed. So whoever XX the bled is, shoom, hit us up. Get your beer money. Nice. I like this. Let's just keep it going, guys. For the next card, leave us a five-star review. Write about anything you want, what you take away, you know, how you've done. Maybe you just like our banter, whatever. Write it on iTunes review. We'll do another one. Let's just keep giving shit away. I like it, man. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, if you are XX the bled, what I'm just gonna keep butchering that. Whoever you are, hit us up. Beer money, love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, Trey. Anything else, my man? Guys, follow us on Punchless MMA on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. But really, Instagram. Guys, just go to Instagram. If you don't follow us, follow us. Literally, a lot of people hit us up on the last card, ask us about some prelim pl plays. Um, you know, had some needed some advice about inside, outside, whatever units, even foundational stuff. Dale and I are on that 24-7, especially on Fight Night, and you'll obviously see some Instagram lives. Hit us up, Punchless MMA. Follow us on all social channels. That's it. That's it. That's it. Three and one. All right, man. Be good. You guys be good to each other. And uh, Wednesday, I mean, let's look what we're doing. We'll have a new episode tomorrow. You'll have a new episode Wednesday. We got fights on Wednesday and we got fights on Saturday. It's getting busy. Busy, 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 busy. All right. Uh, shout out to all of our winners, past and present. And if you want to be eligible for any more giveaways, go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you can't leave us a review on iTunes, like Trey said, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know that you can't do that and that you reviewed us wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you guys. Be good to each other. Talk to everybody here in two days. You. Yeah. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.